Hope everybody had lunch. Thank you for coming back. So I've got a special guest, to me at least, Brendan Burns, who is employee number one at Kuyu. I think he was the only one that was crazy enough to believe my crazy dream and my vision for Kuyu. Um, it's one of the finest human beings you'll meet. Brendan uh, came on board to build our guide and outfitter program. He's a super accomplished hunter. He's guided lots and lots of sheep hunts, governor tag holders in Montana. Um, and there isn't a person alive on this planet that knows more about sheep and sheep hunting than Brennan. I guarantee you if you ask him a sheep trivia question, he will answer it. Nobody's been able to beat him yet. I'm honored to bring him up and talk to you about hunt, hunt selection and what to choose. There's nobody better in the business. If you ever need help or ever want advice on who to go with or you draw a tag or you want to go on a sheep hunt, get a hold of us. We don't get paid to book. We just want to make sure our customers have the best experience possible on a, on a hunt. And we know the good ones and the bad ones and the right type of hunts per customer. So let's thank take you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. So, so like Lance, I haven't had a lot of talents. One of them is, uh, is, is hunting animals. Um, and since I was young, that was all I ever wanted to do. So um, one of my jobs here at Kuyu is to advise people on both gear, and it's kind of morphed into um, I get calls from everybody about when they draw a hunt, where should I go. And so today I'm going to talk about, like, the overall landscape of sheep in North America. I mean, quick show of hands, who here's drawn a sheep tag or been on a sheep hunt? Who here wants to go on a sheep hunt? Okay, this may help. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of confusion in sheep. People think, oh, well, I want to go on a sheep hunt. Where do I start? Um, and there's a lot that goes into it to make the right choice. And a lot of it is not, um, this is right for, this is the best spot, or or this is guys better than this guy, or I should apply here or there. It's what you want to get out of it. It's, uh, are you bow hunting? Are you uh, in great shape? Do you want to do a backpack hunt? Do you want to do a horseback hunt? Are you looking for a great big ram? Are you looking for an area with a lot of opportunity? These are all the questions you've got to ask ahead of time because I've, what I find is most people that go on a sheep hunt that come back unsatisfied whether they got one or not is because they picked the wrong spot to go. Um, it falls a lot on them. So if you know the right questions to ask ahead of time and you know what you're looking for, you can get a lot closer to, to picking whether it's draw or buying a hunt or booking a hunt, what you're looking for. Um, so I'm going to go through just the overall landscape of sheep in North America. So we have four sheep in North America. Um, there six, six kind of are referred to, but it's really four. So there's doll sheep, there's stone sheep, there's Rocky Mountain bighorn, there's desert sheep. The two other extras would be California bighorns and fannin sheep, and I'll get into what those are exactly. But um, the the kind of starter, the, the most achievable hunt in North America is doll sheep. And um, doll sheep are in the Northwest Territories. We're going to start east and work west. They're in the Northwest Territories. They're in the Yukon. They're in Alaska. And there's a small area in British Columbia that has doll sheep as well. Um, they're not all created equal. Um, the Northwest Territories has really high density. The Northwest Territories and the Yukon have really high density, very high success rate. It's more expensive. Um, on the other hand, 
90 of the top 100 doll sheep killed in the world have come out of Alaska. So it kind of depends on what you want to get out of the hunt. Um, the Northwest Territories has the highest success rate. It's the most remote. Um, it's the most bow hunter friendly. Um, it's also the most expensive. Um, you can do a helicopter hunt, you can do airplane hunts, backpack hunts, but the Northwest Territory has the highest success rate. The Yukon is probably a close second. There's some really good areas in the Yukon. Um, Alaska has a lot of different sheep hunting. It has the, you know, the Brooks Range, the Chugach, the Alaska Range, the Talkeetan, has the Keaton, lots of different stuff. Um, the success, so oh, I'm gonna take a step back. In the Northwest Territories, in the Yukon and in British Columbia, you are required, unless you're a resident of those areas, you are required to have a guide, a licensed guide. Same in Alaska, unless you're a resident, there's no such thing as DIY doll sheep hunting. So it's a bummer that we can't just head up north and go do that, but it's, it's just a fact. So um, Alaska is on average cheaper than the Yukon and Northwest Territories. The one area in British Columbia that has doll sheep, I, I'm not really gonna dive into, but there is a small one, but there's really three options. So um, those areas, it, it depends on, there's higher success rate, you're gonna pay more. Um, physically easier hunt, you're gonna pay more. Bigger rams, you're probably going to have less, lower success rate, lower density animals. So it's it's real important when you decide I'm going to go pick a doll sheep hunt. You don't just go like call somebody and say, "Hey, book me on a doll sheep hunt." So if you're an archer, you're probably going to want to go to a, a helicopter area or an area that has really high density of sheep. Probably in the Northwest Territories, some in the Yukon. There's some areas in Alaska that have a little higher density, but overall, like archery success in the NWT is by far the highest. So um, here's a couple sheep. This is a this is a Chugach ram. I killed a Lance. That's a Yukon ram. Um, this sheep right here, I put that in there because it kind of motivates me. But I missed that sheep with my bow in 2012, and it's a giant. Somebody else killed it a year later, and it bums me out. Makes me want to go on another hunt. <laughs> and then it's a big doll sheep that Jason killed up in uh, in the Northwest Territories. Um, one of the things that I get asked a lot about doll sheep, and it's it's always funny to me. Is people are like, I want a real twisty one, or I want like, um, so we got two sheep here. Jonah Stewart killed this, and Eric Glass killed this other one. Um, the one on the left is Jonah Stewart. That's that's what you call a boomer. So stubby, old. That's a legal sheep. Um, and the one on the right, obviously, is a really big twisty doll sheep. Um, the Brooks Range produces more of these. The NWT is really known for these twisty type sheep. So another question is like, what type of sheep, you know, you're gonna stare at that thing on the wall for the rest of your life. If you look at an outfitter's website or you talk to a guy and all his sheep are broomed and your dream is to kill a big twisty, you know, full curl ram, you probably should look for a different spot. Doesn't mean that guy doesn't offer a great sheep hunt. It means you, should, you gotta pick out what you're looking for. So, um, there's some dry areas in Alaska. Um, the Chugach, where Lance operates in, um, has the biggest sheep, probably the biggest sheep in the world in one area, and it's the toughest doll sheep hunting in the world, basically. So if you don't like brush and you don't like ice, I would suggest not putting in there. It's, uh, it's tough hunting. So that's, that's doll sheep. Alaska, Yukon, NWT. The next one's uh, stone sheep. So stone sheep are really only found in 
the Yukon and British Columbia, and it's kind of a, a little arm that swings up into the Yukon. The Yukon has doll sheep on the top and stone sheep coming up from the bottom, and then British Columbia toward the, the north and central is where the majority of the stone sheep are. Stone sheep come in all different sizes, colors, configurations. It's probably what I get the most questions about are stone sheep, and I'm gonna show you a couple pictures. So this is a great big ram that a friend of mine, Alan Bolin, killed in the Yukon. It's a pretty light stone sheep. It's a true stone sheep from an area that's not a doll sheep. And then another buddy of mine, Johnny Niker, killed this really dark ram in British Columbia. Um, Typically in the Yukon, you're looking at lighter heads with a, with a colored up body. And typically in British Columbia, you're looking at darker sheep and people consider a true dark stone in British Columbia. And here's, here's a pretty good example. These are my two stone sheep. This one's from Jared Dooling's area in the Yukon. That is a, I wouldn't, they're, none of them, they're not, none of them are all the same, but that's a pretty typical Yukon stone ram. And this is a British Columbia stone sheep. So you can tell like, if your goal is to kill a dark stone, you probably shouldn't go to the Yukon. There's more lighter sheep up there than, than in British Columbia. And, and the biggest rams are in British Columbia. <coughs> um, stone sheep right now are probably, if you're gonna book a hunt, they're between 35 and 50,000, depending on where you're going. So it's an, it's an expensive hunt. Um, the success rate is probably the lowest of a hunt that you're going to book, too. There, there just aren't a lot of stone sheep. I think there's 40,000 elephants in Zimbabwe. There's 8,000 stone sheep on the planet. So, I mean, they, there's not a lot of stone sheep. Here's another example of some, some color choices. These are from not very far away. Um, again, just looking at the color. This, this one's almost pure black. And this one's as, almost as light as you can get. Both of these are British Columbia sheep. And then here's another example. We had an area on the west side of British Columbia in 2014. This is a, a ram that Jason killed. It's almost totally blue. There's not, there's not a, a butt patch on it. It's got a dark streak down his back. Um, and this, this ram, the other big twisty one with the light head and the black body was killed 10 miles from where he killed it. So that's how much they vary area to area. So that's, that's the kind of rundown of, of, of stone sheep. So your, your, your BC and the Yukon, there's a lot of great outfitters. Again, there's, there's, unless you're a BC resident or a Yukon resident, there's no self-guided hunting. So if, you're, if you wanna get a stone sheep, you're gonna have to book a hunt. <clears throat> Rocky Mountain Bighorn. <clears throat> this is uh, probably the most achievable one that we get access to as US residents. So, as you can see, they're in BC, Alberta. In BC and Alberta, it's required as a non-resident to hire an outfitter. But in all these other states, um, Washington, Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Oregon, Wyoming, Nebraska, Utah, Colorado, Nevada, New Mexico, those are all places you can hunt self-guided. So if you're lucky enough to draw a tag, you can hunt all those states. The problem is, um, the odds of drawing a sheep tag now are so slim almost anywhere that um, pe people don't realize this, but there are gonna be more guys die without a grand slam that because of the bighorn than any other sheep. Right now, the hardest one to get is a bighorn. I get more calls from guys that have been applying for 50 years, 40 years, 30 years that need a bighorn than anything else. There's, there's quite a few deserts available. Bighorns are the the bottleneck right now because there's 19 tags you could purchase, 19 to 25 tags you could purchase in the US. 
Um, these are auction tags. They're expensive. They're between. I think the cheapest one last year went from fifty-five thousand to five hundred. You know, four hundred eighty-five thousand. The most expensive one out there. But you also have the most opportunity to draw these. There's more of them. You know, like for example, Wyoming gives you know a couple hundred bighorns a year. So um, it's one of those that you you, you have to apply. Um, you, you're going to want to think long term on the bighorn because um, you, you want to apply everywhere you can and 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 to, to figure out like the guys that have a bighorn it seems simple I actually drew one it's great it was easy I got a, drew a tag and got one but the, most people are not going to go that route but now you can do um, guided hunts in British Columbia and Alberta the success rate is not tremendously high probably around 25 to 40 percent um, they're between twenty-five and forty thousand um, dollars, but there are some opportunities, and and they do come up. Um, and the other one listed on here is California bighorn. So the subspecies of bighorn is California bighorn, and they have them. It's basically a smaller version of them, uh, and that's um, BC, British Columbia, Oregon, Washington, Idaho. They've been transplanted to North Dakota. They have four or five herds in Nevada and Utah has a couple and they're just a smaller species when you apply some states allow you to put in for them also which is nice um, they they're if you if you can get a chance on California Bighorn do it um, it's the same counts towards your Grand Slam the same as any Rocky Mountain Bighorn I'm going to show you a few rams here this is it New Mexico sheep a Montana Brakes ram another Montana ram another New Mexico ram <coughs> this this is my ram that I, I, uh, I, I drew this tag in 2015, and it's my dad's sheep that he killed back in 2000. That was the first sheep I was ever on. That kind of got it started started for me. Um, we'll move on to desert sheep. So you guys should know this guy. These both are very famous rams. This is an Arizona auction tag ram that Jay actually, uh, Jay Scott actually uh, outfitted. And then here's Jason's ram, Goliath here. And so we're gonna talk about desert sheep. Desert sheep used to be the hardest one to get. Um, they're not as hard anymore. Mexico has transplanted desert sheep all over the place. There's a lot of opportunities for desert sheep in, in Mexico, and there's a lot of draw opportunities in the U.S. Um, these are some rams. Obviously, there's Jay smiling. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go back to that. So applications, you can, you can apply for desert sheep in the U.S. in Utah, Colorado, California, Nevada, New Mexico, Texas has one tag, Arizona, and Old Mexico. So that's where you can get desert sheep. Um, the odds are steep like anything, but um, right now th there's quite a few desert sheep for sale in, in or hunts for sale in, in Mexico. The, the price of stone sheep is going up because they're limited. There's a finite amount. The price of desert sheep has stabilized and is coming down a bit because um, in Mexico they're, they're doing a tremendous job of planting desert sheep all over the place. There's more opportunities to hunt in Mexico right now than there's ever been. This used to be the bottleneck for getting your Grand Slam. It's not anymore. It's There's a lot of opportunities for deserts. And then, yeah, this is, there's Jason sheep and big, um, there's also another subspecies of desert. Some of these, is, is there, a, is that a Nelson? So these are both Nelson rams here. There's, there's Nelson desert and there's Mexican desert. Um, the Mexicana is a bigger version generally um, bigger bases and they've been transplanted from Mexico and here's one of the ugliest deserts you ever see this is my uh, my desert that I finished up with um, and another big one that Jay killed um, 
One of the questions I get a lot is, what's a Fanon sheet? So you could ask 10 guys, you're going to get 10 different answers. I'll give you what I think a Fanon sheet is. So there's, th this is a, this group of sheep you can see right here. There's a, uh, that's taken in a, in a, in the middle of British Columbia in a stone sheep area. And they, they run, this is running all the colors. There's a pure white one at the top, a dark one with dark legs all over. Um, the bottom line is that stone sheep come from nearly pure white to almost black. So if you if you book a stone sheep hunt and you go to an area, you could run into a sheep that looks like a doll sheep, particularly in the Yukon. Um, you also, this, this sheep on the left here, that's killed in a pure doll sheep area late in the season. As, as whether it's global warming or uh, climate change or whatever, there is getting more and more dark hair in doll sheep. They, they're killing them in Alaska. They're killing, uh, we were in the Northwest Territories and a guy in camp with us killed a ram that you would have called a stone sheep. It's, it's a doll sheep if you genetically tested, but it has a, a saddle, black sides and everything. So a phantom sheep is a dirty doll sheep or a really light stone sheep. And, it, and I always say, uh, if you're, because th there's a lot of guys that'll book a doll sheep hoping to kill one with color and you know, like I, I think you should try and get all of them. That makes it more fun. You know, not like, oh, I'm trying to get, get sneak one out, get a sneaky stone sheep. Um, the way I look at stone sheep or stone sheep versus fan versus dolls is if you could shoulder mount a sheep and tell that it's a stone sheep, it's a stone sheep. If you could shoulder mount a sheep and it looks like a doll sheep, it's a doll sheep. So that's my opinion. What's that? What about a fan? Yeah, that's it. What is it? What? <laughs> um, so one of the big questions I get almost every day is, I just got in, just bought some of your gear, got heavy into elk hunting, deer hunting, and you get a call like, I want to go sheep hunting. How, how am I going to get on a sheep hunt? And it's not easy. If, if, if you're looking for a roadblock or something to prevent you from hunting sheep, it's there. Okay? They're expensive. There's not a lot of opportunity. Um, it's going to take a long-term plan, and you really want to. You're not going to accidentally find yourself on a stone sheep hunt. You have to want to do it. It's not one of those things where ah, I just happen to get a tag and I'm going to go. Like it, it's there, there's enough roadblocks that if you don't have a desire to do it, you probably won't do it. On the other hand, there's enough opportunity out there that if you really want to do it, um, there's a way to do it, and there's a way to do it without spending all the money for um, just. The, um, Mike, I finished my grand slam last year and. <clears throat> I killed my entire Grand Slam for $24,000. It took me 11 years, and I got really lucky, but at the end of the day, I did it for $24,000. I, I won a stone sheep hunt in a drawing, which I'm in every every stone sheep drawing that's ever been issued, I'm in. So I won a stone sheep hunt. I got a cancellation doll sheep hunt. The guy backed out with 48 hours notice and didn't want to go. Um, I drew a big horn and I killed that ugly one-horned desert that nobody else wanted to hunt. That's how I did it. It took me 10 year, almost 11 years to do it. But it can be done. Like, like I said, there's a lot of roadblocks to want a sheep hunt, but if you really want to do it, there's ways to figure it out. And it's, it's developing a long-term plan. Um, one is um, draw a tag. I tell everybody, um, you got to apply everywhere for everything when it comes to sheep. If you can afford it, you should be in the drawing. 
Um, it seems like the guys that apply the most are the most lucky. Um, I hear it all the time. Guys call me like, ah, you know, I've never drawn a desert sheep tag. And I ask them, well, how, how long have you been applying? I don't even apply. Their odds are terrible. Well, you're definitely not going to get one if you don't apply. I mean, but I hear it all the time. Or, or in Montana where guys are like, I've never drawn a sheep tag. How many points do you have? I missed a few years. And I, I did, like, you got to be in every drawing. You're, your hope is to get lucky one time in your life. I've, I've been lucky three times. But you're... The, Best possible scenario, when you crunch the numbers, statistically speaking, you're applying to hopefully get lucky one time, whether it's a desert sheep or whether it's a special doll tag, but you definitely won't draw if you're not in the drawing. You, you will, they will not hunt you down and give you a tag. Um, the second thing is book a hunt. I get, right now, a lot of young guys call me and they're, hey man, I really want to hunt sheep in my life. You know, what, what should I do? And if you look at, like I spent about Two to three thousand dollars a year applying for everything, and I, I I look at it like I'm already on house money. I've won a couple of tags. I've drawn a couple. Uh, I mean, I'm already winning. But if I was starting today and my goal was to hunt sheep in ten years, I would book a hunt a long ways out and start paying it off. So, I mean, statistically speaking, you're not going to draw a tag in the next ten years. Um, how many people in here have drawn a sheep tag? Like pulled it. Oh, we got a pretty lucky room, actually. That's more than I thought. Um, right now, if, if you were, for 10 years, were taking $2,000 a year and putting it towards, there's a lot of outfitters that will let, let you book a ways out, and you should book a fair ways out. Just book a hunt, for whether it's five years out, and start paying it down. You know, if you want something bad enough, it's not that hard to do. Um, and it's really the only way you can ensure you're going to go sheep hunting because um, I have a friend that just drew a Montana sheep tag. Uh, he's won some other stuff, but he's been applying in every single state for 47 years, and he just drew his first tag. So every state, he's two or 3000 bucks a year. Started when the odds were amazing. First sheep tag he's drawn in 47 years. That's, that's, that's a long shot. Um, and as you're applying, if you can afford to apply right now, you should. But um, to, to tell you where the odds are going, like in, um, I have a friend who drew on his first application in 1990 in Nevada for desert sheep in the Mormon Mountains. The odds were one in seven. Those odds are like one in 300. I don't even know what they are now. They're in, they're, I just supply because they're, they're insane. So if you extrapolate, that, that's 30 years ago. It's it, they're not getting easier to draw. So I, I just say apply everywhere you can and plan to make one happen. One of the most common questions I get to is like, I just don't see a sheep hunt in my future. What else can I do? And it's like there are some great mountain hunts that will offer you the exact same thing as a sheep hunt or close to it that are more affordable. Um, one of them is mountain goat. Mountain goats are, you know, eight to twelve thousand dollars right now. There's plenty of places you can draw that have obviously better odds than a sheep would have. It's a tremendous hunt. Um, every time I've been somewhere I shouldn't be, it's been mountain goat hunting, not sheep hunting. They, they're, they're a true challenge. Um, so that's another one. <clears throat> um, this is a mid Asian ibex in Kyrgyzstan. Right now, the best value in all of mountain hunting is ibex in Asia. So I'm going to Kyrgyzstan this fall because I want to go check it out. But you can book, I booked a 
plane ticket from Bozeman, Montana to Kyrgyzstan, Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan and back for $1,100. The hunt's $6,000 to go on. There's, there's not a mountain hunting experience in all of North America that probably can compete with that. So it's a bit of a travel. You know, if you, if you want to go do a true mountain hunt, it's, it's a long ways away. It's it's, I'm hoping it's relatively safe. They say it's relatively safe, but there, there are some other options if you want to do this, and, and again, for that kind of money. Um, and another one is a tur. There's Pedro with his great big tur he killed in, in Azerbaijan. This is, for the, for the money, probably one of the best mountain hunts in all of the world. It's one of the steepest places on the planet. It's a super unique animal, very challenging. Um, pretty tough to beat and those are in the realm of a really good elk hunt and then the other one in the states if you were want to get like a good starter hunt I've done this three times now and they're super challenging um, it's pretty hard to beat an odd ad they're they're not delicious but they're really challenging they're they're I'm not gonna lie they're not good eating they're terrible but it's a real it's a real challenge it's it's more of a goat than a sheep but it's a great starter hunt you can do them you can draw them in New Mexico, um, or you can you know buy them in Texas, and they're they're pretty good value. So I, I, I always tell guys like if you're just starting and you want to dip your foot in and see if you like it, be a good one. And some of these other ones, if you're looking to get a tremendous value but you're going to travel a long ways, um, those are some other options. So um, we go through some frequently asked questions. Um, that we get a lot here. Um, one is like, how do I choose the right outfitter? And I kind of briefly went over it, but choosing the right outfitter, well, if you're going to book a hunt, boils down to asking the right questions. There, there, there's an outfitter out there that offers what you want. You just need to make sure that you ask the right questions. I deal with lots of guys that are either unhappy or, ah, this could have been different. And it's like, well, if you are not in that great a shape or don't have or don't have that much time. Uh, and you want to go on, and you want to go on a hunt. You probably shouldn't book a 15-day unsupported backpack hunt where they drop you off. And it's surprising how many guys do that when they're like, "Yeah, oh, I was there a long time, and we walked a long ways, and kind of thought it'd be easier." Another another thing is if you book a horseback area or or an easier type area, if you book a helicopter hunt in the Northwest Territories and dream about marching for 10 days straight and really digging around, out, it's probably not the right hunt for you either. So. The, the, you, you gotta you gotta read between the lines you gotta be honest with your expectations too of what you expect and your actual shape the, 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 we've been on some hunts that are tough not not look at the photos and we're looking up on the ridge tough like knock you on your ass tough as hard a thing as you could ever do in your life you gotta want to do that it's I mean that there's it's gonna give you a lot of ways to get out of it you have to want to do that type of a hunt. If you want to do that type of a hunt, you, can, you should pick that type of a hunt. Um, and again, it's kind of reading between the lines. So I talk to tons of clients, tons of guides, and tons of outfitters. And when it comes to all that stuff, the truth kind of lies in the middle of you know what they offer, what they deliver, what the client expects, what you, so again, it's just really important to ask the right questions, and I always tell guys, do not make an impulsive decision. If some of the, be some of the best outfitters are the worst salesmen ever, and some of the worst outfitters are tremendous salesmen. So it's just, it's just a fact. Like I, I, I have a guy, the guy I went on my first doll sheep hunt, he's went 100% on doll sheep, 
for 11 years, six for six every single year. If you ask him, am I going to get a sheep? He will tell you, I can't guarantee you're going to get a sheep. He's 100% for 11 years. So the more honest they are and, and evaluating you, you know, like I, I always just say, talk to the guy, go with your gut who you feel the best about, talk to a few of them, but don't make an impulsive decision when you're going to book. Don't just like, ah, I'm going to do it. I mean, you should, but make sure it's well thought out. Um, when I got, just yesterday, there's somebody in here drew an Idaho sheep tag, I think. There's more guy. That was in yesterday that drew an Idaho sheep tag. I saw him earlier. Um, drew a sheep tag, should I hire an outfitter? It, what it boils down to is, how well do you know the area? How much time do you have? Because at the end of the day, time is money. And, and you need to realize that that, what that opportunity is. If you draw a sheep tag, you've won. You are way ahead. Um, you don't want to waste that opportunity. Now, I drew a sheep tag. I had 40 days off in the fall, and I knew the area. Went did it on my own. Amazing hunt. If you don't have that kind of time or don't want to learn the area, go with the guy that knows the area the best. Get the most out of that tag. And one thing I'll say is, get, you know, there's a big push lately about do-it-yourself versus guided. I've done both. I've never went on a guided hunt where I regretted having somebody with me or I didn't learn from somebody or have a great time. Like, the whole, ah, I had to go guide it. It's a plus. I mean, it's like most, most guides are great. You're going to learn a lot. It's nice to have somebody with you. It's new, and especially if it's a new area, you're going you're gonna to learn stuff. You're going to pick up new tricks. Um, I always learn when I'm hunting with, with other guys. So it just boils down time is money, and you need to be realistic with how much time do I have to learn the area? And if you got tons of time, do it on your own. Great. That's awesome. And you know the area you've been growing up looking at. If you don't know anything about the area, you don't have a lot of time off, you're not in tremendous shape yet, Find the guy that can help you out the best. Make, get the most out of that tag. Because you don't want to look back 10 years and go, man, I, I really messed up that opportunity because they don't come around often enough. Um, success versus quality. I, I get this, this is another one I get a lot. Like I said, um, particularly from archery hunters, 90 of the top 100 rams killed in the world, doll sheep have come from Alaska, okay? The highest success rate for archery, for example, is in the Northwest Territories. If you want a lot of opportunity, like you, you have to get a sheep, um, pick a place that has a lot of sheep. When it comes to stone sheep, the lowest density areas, the areas with minuscule sheep, generally produce the biggest rams. They live the longest, they don't run across people that often. So um, quantity and opportunity versus quality can all, can can oftentimes be the opposite. You could go into an area that has very few sheep, hunt 12 days straight, kill a gigantic ram, that guy's thrilled. Um, or you could go 12 days and not see one, and if the guy picked that hunt, he knew I'm going in there looking for a great big sheep, it might not work out, he's still thrilled. The guy who hopes to see a pile of sheep, doesn't see any, and leaves it out one after 12 days, should have picked an area that had, had more density. So you really want to be honest with you know, do I have to get a sheep? Do I do I want to go to an area that has lots of sheep? Um, put that in your de when you're making the decision. Um, archery versus rifle. I have one thing I tell people: if you can't go home without a sheep, don't take your bow. It's that simple. The odds of you killing a sheep with a bow if you've got a rifle with you are slim and none. 
Um, if you go, if it's your first sheep hunt, and it's like, well, I might take my bow if it was in the right spot to stop. Don't do it. Take your rifle. Go have a great hunt. Look through, you know, get the right sheep. But if you can't leave without one, don't take your bow. It took me seven hunts of my own personally to get to the point where I can leave without one. Um, and it wasn't on my first time, I can tell you that. So archery versus rifle, unless, I mean, if you're a diehard bow hunter, two things. Eat, pick an area that has a lot of opportunity and stick to it. And if, and if it's bow or nothing, then that's great. But if not, um, the odds of I'll have the guide carry the rifle and I'll take my bow and hopefully I'll be able to stock it. I don't even, I, I can't even recall when that's worked out. So just take your rifle, have a great hunt. Um, so the last question I get the most of is what is a cancellation hunt? And this is probably the most confusing thing out there. You guys like, we'll call in January, like, yeah, I just picked up a cancellation hunt. Um, for, you know, whether it's doll sheep or stone sheep, and it's like, that's not a cancellation hunt. That's a hunt they couldn't sell. A, cance a true cancellation hunt, if you want to hunt sheep, and these come up yearly, and you want to hunt sheep, and you want to get the best value, it's going to happen on short notice. That wh What it means is that somebody has booked that hunt, something has come up, they're not able to go, and they're walking away from some money, and you're gonna be able to take advantage of them losing some money on the hunt. That's a true cancellation hunt. Anything other than that is a hunt they couldn't sell or somebody wanted to bomb. Like, if you're paying full price, it's not a cancellation hunt. If you've got four months to plan, it's not a cancellation hunt. I mean, the, the, a cancellation hunt is, you need to be on a plane in 48 hours to take advantage of that money that somebody left on the table. Um, and the, the, it comes up every year. Uh, one of the big ones is um, a lot of guys don't know if you have a DUI or somebody's traveling with you has a DUI, you're not getting into Canada. And every year, there's three or four times where I'll get a call where Jim got stopped at the border. He had a DUI eight years ago, and he's not going stone sheep hunting. And we need a hunter tomorrow. Um, this last year, I had a guy that was um, ten thousand to hunt. A stone sheep hunt, 10,000 to hunt, 10,000 to kill. One of the best deals you could get. He was ready in 48 hours left to kill a 40 inch ram for $20,000. Stone sheep, black stone sheep. So that's what a cancellation hunt. And it's like, is there a secret list? The more outfitters you talk to, the more guys you become friends with, the more guys that know that you're serious about leaving on short notice, the more money you have stashed away that you can access quickly, that will allow you to get a better deal. The longer time you need to get to go on that hunt, like I can't really make it or I need a new roof this year or whatever, that's not a cancellation hunt. You gotta be able to leave immediately as fast as you can, uh, depending on how much money you're gonna take advantage of. So that's, those are the kind of the most common stuff that we get as far as non-gear related. Jason's gonna go over gear list later. Um, so I was gonna open up to, to questions. Anybody, uh, any question about anything sheep related, draw related? Sheep in all of North America, anything. Stone and doll, uh, do they interbreed Stone and doll interbreed, great question. Not that I know of. There are doll sheep that have color in them, um, but as far as, and there are stone sheep that are nearly pure white, but as far as a stone sheep area where doll sheep interlap, I'm not aware of anywhere that happens. There's um, places in the Yukon and in one concession that has isolated bands of 
doll sheep that come close to the Northwest Territories and stone sheep in their southern areas, but I'm not aware of anywhere that, that I think that's what people think they are. It's like a oh, stone round bread, a, a doll ewe, but um, really what it, it's, it's a doll sheep are getting darker. Um, 25 years from now with the rate that the, the amount of dark hair that's in doll sheep, it's gonna be pretty rare to kill a pure white doll sheep. The Northwest Territories, I mean, almost up to the center, they have sheep that, uh, well, Aaron Davison's over there, he killed one. That's a, a, a really dark fanon sheep, you know, that, that was killed in the Northwest Territory. If you genetically test it, it's a doll sheep, but, you know. judging sheep we weren't we, yeah so when, you, when you're talking about sheep are you quickly in the score um, one of the things that people don't realize is that when you're talking about big rams sheep sheep score is 60% mass so everybody likes the big twisty long beautiful sheep but the heavier the ram the bigger it is um, so what you what you look for is mass drop how far it comes down you'll see tight little rams that are like this that look they look awesome they're beautiful sheep um, but they're not going to be huge. The deeper the drop, the more low slung they are, the bigger the body. One, one of the biggest things about judging sheep is body size. Um, when I go into a new unit and I'm looking to, whether I'm guiding there and I've never been there or I'm, or I'm going along with somebody and helping them out, first thing I do is like I run it like a spreadsheet. I go find the county. I pull every big sheep that's ever been killed there. I run the data on how, what's the average size of the bases, whether it's from the biologist or from Boone and Crockett. I run what the average size of the bases on there. Length is pretty easy to, to, to get how long they are. I mean, they're generally between 30 and 45, and you just got to kind of guess where that is. But um, picking, you're going to be a lot more accurate if you know what to expect. You can't just walk in like, man, that's a huge looking doll sheep. It must be a book ram. In some of the sheep that we've, that I showed you here are look like they should be gigantic. Um, we killed a couple in, in Bonaplume that one's 42, mine's 39. They both look like they should be over 170. Everybody that says, how big are those sheep? They're both 160, 161, because they have small bases. So mass pushes score. So 60% of the score comes from mass. So. So the number one factor, which I should have covered earlier, is age. Um, the older the ram, the heavier he's going to be. The longer he's lived, the more he's going to push mass out. Um, you you, you want to shoot old rams. I mean, I would way rather kill a uh, 150-inch doll sheep that's broomed and 12 years old than a 6-year-old that's 40 inches long. Um, uh, for me, age is the big... I, I always want to look for age. But as far as judging great big rams, um, how, how how heavy they come out of their head, you'll know from pretty much from looking at the area, like what the area produces. Um, where, where I live in Montana, we have areas, um, I drew an area that had between 15 and 16 inch bases. I pretty much knew what I was getting into in the area I was hunting. I've guided in the Missouri Breaks, but they they go from, I've killed them from 13.6 to 17.7. It's pretty hard to judge them. I mean, that's a massive gap. 
Um, a lot of it boils down to body size. A lot of it you can tell on those small rams, you can tell. And a, and a lot of the big ones will fool you because they're, they're short and stubby. They don't look as long as they are. Um, so basically it's picking someone's brain. You know, again, it boils down to whether you hire an outfitter that knows what they're doing or knows what big sheep look like or bringing guys with you that um, are qualified to, to judge them. Or what I always tell guys is if you have a sheep tag, and you're going hunting, do not get wrapped up in score. It's awesome when you, I mean, everyone is looking for a big monster 40 inch ram. There's no one heads in the field and goes, I want a stubby 30 incher. It, it just doesn't happen. But what I always tell guys, if you draw a sheep tag, look at every sheep and shoot a sheep that you want to look at. Because what happens is guys, they get wrapped up in score. And I, I see it in Montana a lot where they go like, oh man, the bases are huge. And they'll, they'll shoot a really ugly ram because they thought he was big. And then it's a double bummer because you're going to have to stare at that ugly thing for the rest of your life. And his bases don't turn out to be as big as you thought they were. It's a real bummer. So I always tell guys, before you start worrying about score or this tag of a lifetime or anything like that, make sure you shoot a ram that you want to look at. Every single sheep I've killed, including that ugly 19 by 29 one I killed with Lance, I love that ram. I was I knew ex I knew that ram was ugly when I shot him. That's why I liked him. question like once you've narrowed down yeah. who's a good fit um, it's about asking the right questions do they first of all you want to talk to some past clients references of somebody that I, I always say when you're getting advice on sheep hunting don't ask somebody that hasn't done it there's a lot of guys that will speculate with your money I think you should do this don't don't take anybody's advice that hasn't stepped up and actually paid for one and went on there so talk to somebody that's actually done it that put their trust in that in that person because there's a lot of guys out there, oh, I think you should go here. Well, why aren't you going? Like, ah, I don't have the money. I'm not going to do it. Um, so get advice from somebody that's, that's been there. Ask the right questions. Um, and it's, you're going to get some, it's good to get some pushback. I mean, like, everybody wants, you know, this is my ideal trip. If you tell them this is, this is what I think it's going to be like. If he tells you, it's like, yeah, it's three of the, three of the four, but that's probably not that realistic. That's what you want. You want to know what he delivers. You want you want him to be honest with you. If a guy says, we got 40 inches laying under every tree, you'll probably be down on the first day, bring your bow, you're about to get a $35,000 doll sheep because you're going twice. Oh, the unlimited Montana. So one, I was going to get to that. There, there is one place in the United States where you can just go buy a sheep tag and go hunt. It's unlimited in Montana. I've hunted it um, five times since I was third. The first sheep hunt I ever did by myself was 13 in the limited area. So it's the it's the Beartooth Plateau, the Boulder. There's 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 basically five units where you can buy a tag. It's a quota hunt, so it's either two or three rams. Once they're killed, it's closed. Um, you apply as a non-resident. It's a guaranteed tag. Um, it is the toughest sheep hunting in North America, but the guy, it, it's, it is doable. There are guys that do it every single year. Um, it takes a long-term plan. You're not going to roll in there and glass one up on top of a ridge and, and shoot one. That's, that's not how it works. Um, it's a, it's, it gets horrible weather. It's some of the nastiest country in North America, but 
you have a sheep tag in your pocket and they kill big nice rams in there every single year um, it, it just takes a long-term plan you have to plan on like I'm gonna go for 10 years straight I'm gonna go every year for two weeks I'm gonna go learn an area um, and my goal is to eventually kill a nice old ram and then limit area the guys that hunt the hardest the guys that do the most research the guys that stick to the plan and go the longest term end up killing sheep that they generally do um, I will say one thing uh, we're talking about bad information if you read it on the internet about the unlimited area it's it's BS the guys that know the unlimited areas don't share information now there's not a spot in the unlimited area where like if you're in this basin on opening day you'll get one doesn't exist they're already gone um, and the other thing there's kind of a misconception that it's a foot race on sheep it's a it's a short quota two or three rounds most years most of the seasons are open all the way to the end there's I, I don't know of an outfitter that's killed a ram in the unlimited area for maybe the last seven or eight years that you, you'll read that a lot that uh, can be a foot race that was the old days a long time ago right now it's it's so hard to find a sheep and there's so few of them um, it's it's basically they, they stay open quite a while they can close early it does happen but um, like I said generally the guys that hunt the hardest with the best plan get sheep my I will, not, I will not apply in Montana again. I drew a tag, killed a great big ground with my bow. I will hunt the unlimited area. I'll be back in in five years, and I'll, I will hunt that until I get one. And I'll have a long-term plan to hunt one area for until I get one. So, but it's doable. That's the only place. I mean, you have a sheep tag in your pocket. What does that tag cost? Uh, I think it's twelve hundred bucks, maybe nine hundred, twelve hundred. Unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah. There's. Two or three hundred a year is all that gets sold, and I bet the participate. I don't know that they've actually done a study out. I bet the participation rate is less than fifty percent, and I bet the participation rate of a guy that stays more than five days is less than ten percent. It's gnarly country. Yeah. It's two or three rams a year on the Two or three per area. Yeah. There's there's five areas. Yeah. And the guides are outfitted there. Is that what I heard you say? It's it's tough on there's there's. It's a tough place to make a living. Jack Ashton used to outfit in the area. He's killed over 100 rams in limited area, and since he retired and doesn't do it anymore, no one has done it successfully. It's it takes it's tough. But again, you got it's the only place where you got a sheep tag in your pocket. And nowadays, with the, as hard as it is to get a Rocky Mountain bighorn, and the success rate in BC and Alberta for non-residents, even on fully paid hunts, um, it is an option. We talked about this last night. One of the things, and particularly if you're bow hunting, but almost anything, what one thing you need to ask an outfitter is, who's going to be my guide? Everybody wants to research the outfitter. And I'm going with you know these guys, or they got great man. They got a beautiful booth, hardwood all over it, and big rams in it and stuff. One thing you need to ask is, who's my guide? Who am I going to spend the ten days with? You know, and I always say like if I if I didn't do my research and I showed up on a on a twenty thousand dollar doll sheep hunt and my and my guide's wearing cowboy boots, I'm gonna be bummed out. You, you want to make sure that you find out everything about your hunt and you want to find out who you're gonna be hunting with because the outfitter's great, the area's great, but at the end of the day, you need to be compatible with that guy. It's going to be hard, 
Um, and you want to be with somebody that you're going to learn from that's going to push you like Lance said, that's going to get the best out of you and can help you the most. If you're not compatible or they've they've never done, and I, another thing I say is don't be afraid of a young guy either. I get lots of guys that say, well, I'm going, but he's got this guy that's his, it's his second year, I'm wrapping it up. It's his second year guide or whatever. I'm never afraid to go with a young, enthusiastic guy. That guy can walk, that guy can go. He's stoked to be there. You know, you know, you just it, it just depends on the guy. A guy that's been there 20 years, he may be burned out. He may hate sheep hunting. He's, he's got, he, he, has, he may look at it as a job. So you just want to make sure that you know, you know, ask all the right questions and know who you're actually going to be hunting with. Wrapping it up. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good job. You can do all that homework or, or you can just call Brendan. It's a lot easier. Great presentation. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. We went into available for questions. Yeah, we can give away some stuff. All right. Let's see if somebody RSVP'd for seminar four. We're gonna try the list first. Where's the uh oh, it's way back here? Yeah, exactly. Abel Martinez, are you here? All right. Which one? Who do you want to choose? Jeremy Crone. Jeremy Crone, are you here? Switch. Switch. All right. Let's go to the hands. All of you RSVP, of course. Let's see. Let's go with with you with a uh, pink ram on the front of your shirt. Congratulations.